NEPA Scene Podcast. We're coming to you live from Cole Creative in downtown Wilkes-Barre. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. Hey guys, and I'm Brittany Boo. I'm the owner of Boo Photography Studio. And we are here with uh, Americana Rock uh, singer-songwriter Mike Ms. 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 Winsky. I, I knew I was. I, I kept doing that over and over in the car. I'm like Ms. Winsky, Ms. Winsky, and That's I still why messed we it go up. as Ms. Northeast PA name. Better known as Ms. Right. Much easier is. to pronounce. But uh, so we're here to uh, to talk about uh, his new album. Uh, it's coming out uh, in in just a couple of weeks, and uh, you mm -hmm. have a, a tour coming up as well. A lot of local stops on that tour, including uh, the CD release at the River Street Jazz Cafe. So we're going to talk about uh, that and all kinds of other music-related stuff. So if you have any questions or comments or anything uh, you want to know about Miz, just uh, leave them right down there in the comments, and uh, we'll get to those uh, later on in the show. So, uh, and first up, uh, we, uh, we have some beers to drink. So today we have a couple of different uh, brews from uh, Beer Boys. <laughs> another, another sour, which I know you love so, so much. Uh, what do we have oh, here? Oh, it's an SPC Pumpkin. The SPC Pumpkin. We have Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada Celebration uh, from, a from a cask. Yeah. So that, that should be interesting. Free Will Ollie. Uh, okay, and that's that's the sour. sour. <laughs> so uh, so we'll see how, we'll see how those uh, those fare. Uh, Beer Boys in Wilkes-Barre has been a, a wonderful uh, sponsor to us over the past year, and uh, they actually have a big event coming up. On uh, Saturday, January twentieth, uh, it's their uh, anniversary. It'd be their their eighteenth anniversary celebration. Which each time they do that, they have a tap takeover with a particular brewery who brings all different kinds of uh, brews and special things that you can only get uh, at Beer Boys at that special event. Uh, so this year it's uh, Trogues Brewing, which uh, is in the uh, Hershey area, so fairly local. Um, they're going to have a, a ton of stuff. They don't have the full list out yet, but we're going to be uh, posting a, a lot about that event coming up very soon. So if you're a craft beer drinker, you definitely want to be there. It's uh, Saturday, uh, January 18th, or January 20th. And uh, I forgot uh, cups. I should grab, grab some cups. Uh, in the meantime, uh, but we, we also want to give a shout out to, uh, to one of our other sponsors, The Keys in downtown Scranton. 
they have the uh, Charming Beards EP release coming up. If you don't know uh, uh, Katie Kelly, she's been in the local music scene for a long time. Uh, she has a new EP coming up uh, from uh, the Charming Beards. So they have uh, kind of a special event going on. Well, thank you, Sam. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, let's, I'm playing there on Saturday, actually. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, so Friday they're doing uh, the EP release show, which right before that they're going to be at Alt 92.1, which is right down the road at the Scranton Times right. building. So they're doing a show there from 6 to 7 that's free. You can go to that during First Friday. Then their EP release show will be that night. Uh, E57 and Zayer Mountain are playing with them. And then Saturday is Folk Night. Uh, which has a lot of different uh, uh, folk singer-songwriters, so you're one of them. Yeah. And then, uh, who else was that? Chris Kearney? Yep. And um, uh, American Buffalo Ghost, yep. which is uh, is Sean. So that that's, that should be a really cool show. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I've never played there before, but, uh, yeah, JP called me up and was like, hey, you want to do this, this thing? And yeah. uh, I was like, yeah, sure. So it's going to be cool. I guess uh, Brother Roy and uh, JP and... I think Roy's brother Kevin are gonna like close out the night. They do oh, all these awesome. like cowboy songs <laughs> with like awesome three-part harmonies. So I'm looking forward to that. Roy cool. just put out a new album too, so he's they, he they've all got a lot of stuff going. It's on. awesome too. Yeah, his album's great. Yeah, yeah, it's really really good. If you like uh, singer songwriter with piano, you definitely have to to check that stuff out. He's great, great songwriter. Yeah, I love Roy. Uh, you know, really, uh, that that's gonna be that's gonna be a great show. So definitely uh, check out the keys. They always have. Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm glad you're, you're you're finally getting to check out that place because it's really cool. They're such a, a nice group of people down there. Every, everybody they treat everybody like family, especially the musicians, the artists, and stuff like that. So nice. So that's a that's yeah, a good place to, to go. And then uh, we also want to uh, shout out to uh, the V Spot, uh, which is also in Scranton. Uh, so Thursday is uh, Mike Doherty. Uh, Friday is Big King Moose. Uh, I want to go just purely on the name. Uh, Saturday is Lightweight, and uh, who uh, a really great cover band in the area. And uh, Sunday is uh, Karaoke with uh, DJ Huff. So uh, thank you to the V Spot for uh, for sponsoring us as well. They're another bunch of great people who really care about the local music scene. So uh, sure. a lot of good stuff going on there. Uh, our open mic there won't be back until March, but uh, but I'm I'm excited to uh, to return there because that that was a lot of fun. And uh, we also want to shout out to uh, Loyalty Barbershop and Shave Parlor. Uh, they have locations in Archibald, Scranton, and a new location in uh, Wilkes-Barre, right where the uh, old Cafe Metro used to be. So. Um, so definitely uh, check them out as well. I'm obviously not in need of their services, but uh, those of you with hair <laughs> should uh, I should go there all the time. See, there you go. <laughs> Good spot. <laughs> so uh, if you're if you're a, if you're handsome or would like to be handsome, <laughs> by all means, uh, head down to uh, to Loyalty. Any of their locations, they're all really talented people. We try to ally ourselves with good people, Love I think, it. around here. Yeah, everyone you just named, rock solid. Yeah. Good peeps. <laughs> can't, can't complain. So, uh, and, and thank you to all for, for, uh, for everybody to tuning in. I can't see your comments yet. I'm going to pull those up uh, now. So uh, if you have anything that you want to add to the conversation, please uh, leave them down below, and we'll, uh, we'll get to those in, uh, later on. So um, the first thing I want to talk about is obviously how you uh, – 
got started in music, I, I saw that one of the things in your bio you'd mentioned is you were a big Grateful Dead fan, and that maybe is what, what kind of led into uh, what you're doing now. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, sometimes when it comes to, like, knowing what you want to do in life, I feel like the luckiest guy in the world because there was never uh, one second where I wanted to do anything else other than play music, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, both sides of the family, mom's side and dad's side, were... A lot of artists, a lot of musicians, and uh, I just grew up around it. My aunt and uncle play in uh, Old Friends, which is a really well-known band in this area. They, they're just, mm -hmm. They've been together forever. I don't even know how many years now. And uh, my father is one of the best guitar players I know. He's, he's amazing. So kind of grew up uh, just around it. It was always, like, it's a funny thing because people ask me about this a lot, but I genuinely don't remember, like, learning how to play a G chord on the guitar. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like... Sometimes when I'm trying to teach, I have a hard time with that stuff because it's like, like you know, it's like brushing your teeth or anything. So yeah, I just don't like. I don't remember yeah. learning how to brush my teeth. I don't remember mm. uh, learning how to use a fork. You know what I mean? But it's the same thing. So uh, I guess I was really lucky when it comes to that. But um, yeah, Grateful Dead definitely. It's another interesting, interesting thing uh, is that. I don't know, it just sort of worked out this way, but like my parents were into like really cool music, mm. which sort of has made a, I don't know if it's made a resurgence lately or if there's just new generations getting into it. Right. But like I just grew up, like my mom took me to see like Neil Young and my dad took, I saw, my dad took me to see The Grateful Dead twice, <laughs> which not a lot of people my age could say that, you know, I saw Jerry Garcia. That was like life changing experience. Um, right. And I always liked the dead. Like I, I wore like dead T-shirts to school in like sixth grade. Like I really did. And flat. Like I never wore anything different. <laughs> I always wore a flannel shirt and T-shirt. And um, like I had this one, uh, one. Uh, I think she was like a literature teacher of some sort. Would like let me borrow her like Jimi Hendrix cassettes when I was in like fifth grade or something. I don't even know. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, music was always around, and it's that's. I sort of to answer your question, I got started by watching my family, you know? And I thought it was so cool what they were doing. I just thought it was so cool and I couldn't resist. So you, you, in other words, you've transitioned into being very hip with pe what, what people are into now, just by default, essentially. Because so many people are now, you know, with uh, Peach Music Festival and things like that, yeah. all those things are becoming so popular and reaching different generations that maybe wouldn't normally listen to that kind of stuff. So now, I, yeah. Maybe people are listening to the type of music that you play and other, others play that uh, they might not have before. Yeah, I think you're right. I think however people get into it is awesome, you know? Like, however, you know, whatever roads lead you down to liking that style of music is cool. And uh, I just sort of end... It's, it's kind of neat to be in my posi position, though, where, like, it's never changed for me. I've always liked the same kind of music. And right. Now I'm sort of sitting there and like there's all these new generations of like deadheads who, you know, some of them weren't even alive when Garcia was alive now and, mm -hmm. and, and they're totally into it. And I, I just think it's awesome. I'm like, wow, this is cool. It's become such a cultural yeah. Yeah. reality. It really has, yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of people in that whole scene too, those shows and Peach Fest and especially like doing the old fashioned thing of touring all around and those people are such music supporters that that's why like those kind of events are so successful because mm. those people are the ones like there's a lot of music supporters around there but like the ones that are physically going to be at every show like right. not miss a beat like is a lot of that in that that industry i feel like 
So it just keeps growing and growing and growing. You, and thousands and right. thousands of people at those events. Yeah, which is well, crazy. What you said though, you nailed it. Like the like some of those music fans are like the biggest support like they they will come to every show. Yeah. They will follow you to different states. You know, just look at the dead and, and bands like that mm -hmm. that followed in that wake. It, it's amazing. So if I kind of feel like you know, if you win that crowd over, you're in a really good spot, you know? Yeah. It's a neat thing. And look at Peach Fest. I, the first year, I couldn't believe when they announced they were doing it. I was like, wait, what? Like, the Almond <laughs> Brothers? Or, wait, what's going on? And then now it's become, like, one of the coolest festivals in the country, you know? Not yeah. that it wasn't the first year, but sure. it's, it's awesome, yeah, so. But, yeah, when I mean, you're receiving natural, uh, you know, national coverage, it's uh, it's something that you see in, like, Rolling Stone now. You yeah. Know, we'll talk about Peach Fest. And it's like, wow, in Scranton, really? Like, this is this is crazy. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> Put in a cool way. Yeah. So. Well, the, um, it, it does it does bring up, uh, you know, I, I was just reading an article, like, right before I left to, to come up here uh, about the uh, Nielsen Sound Scan puts out a thing every year of, like, you know what sold well and what the the biggest acts are and they're like oh rock is hurting really really bad you know that out of the top 10 you know best-selling artists you know they're eight of them were, were all hip-hop and stuff like that not to knock hip-hop hop or, or rap or any of that kind of stuff it's just a, a very different crowd and and of the stuff that was rock anywhere in the top 50 it was mostly nostalgia stuff it was you know beatles reissues and and things like that uh, the guardians of the galaxy 2 soundtrack which had a lot of you know throwback music and stuff like that from you know like the 80s and, and the 70s and stuff like that so uh you know it's it's interesting because rock isn't in the best spot when it comes to you know selling albums and stuff like that but i think the stuff that it doesn't take into account is the stuff like you're saying like the people who go to festivals mm -hmm. and the people who actually go to concerts and stuff like that they might not be buying albums every year that you can track somewhere they're supporting it in exactly the showing up and buying tickets to the shows right which i think at, at this stage in in the music industry that's really more important than you know album sales at this point mm -hmm. i mean <laughs> people barely make anything on album sales anymore which is yeah. it's tough especially yeah. with you know now you're putting out a new album so well kind of what you said about like tickets like i think um as far as the top albums being hip-hop i mean i like all kinds of music and i mm -hmm. feel like it all it goes in in waves or circles you know what i mean and mm -hmm. like what's popular now or what it, it kind of there, there's enough room for everybody to kind of get a piece of pie in in my opinion and maybe the rock artists aren't selling the albums but like you said uh i had this agent that used to call it he's like you're in a tickets and t-shirts business mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and, and cds were not on that list you know what i mean it was like <laughs> right there's a kind of some kind of gap in the industry where rock and roll and maybe some alternative stuff like pop punk or punk or metal, mm. they still do it somewhat the old fashioned way of touring. Yeah. But I feel like, and that's a lot of their uh, income is and their revenue is the touring, but I feel like the whole jam scene industry and even folk, uh, especially in the Northeast, like it's like the old fashioned way of like hitting the road. Mm. Like I don't really necessarily feel like a lot of the other industries are as aggressive with that stuff like covering ground yeah you know like obviously everyone tours but i feel like with that whole industry they're like that's what their whole focus is is really just like doing it the old-fashioned way and covering all the ground especially like west coast east coast it's just like i feel like the most traditional effective way 
to kind of gain that momentum that you see now at Peach Festival and right, you know. Yeah, like what you're saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I I try to like, in my opinion, as much as people like maybe in my genre, for example, whatever, want to complain about that people don't buy like Americana folk records like they used to do when like James Taylor was first out. It's just not. It's it's not pop music. It's not on the pop stations anymore. Whatever, you could break that down a million different ways. But the thing that I think is really cool is that someone like myself. On this, uh, you know, I'm on such a tiny level compared to, you know, someone like James Taylor or something like that. Sure. But I can still go out into the world and I can promote myself. I can book my own shows. I've had some help in the past and I have help again now, which is great. But, you know, and I could sort of make fans, like you're saying, the grassroots way, showing up in different towns and playing mm-hmm. coffee shops and, and pubs and, and whatever else and, and figuring out, you know, where your little, where your little niche is, you know. And, and I can still make a living doing that. And be pretty successful at what I do. So I think it's I think it's a neat like we have the internet now. I could mm-hmm. put my music out there and put things on Facebook and then someone likes one of my songs so then they share it on their page and then someone else hears it and then they like my page and then it's like this really neat thing that we yeah. didn't have. I feel like back in the day, if you didn't get radio play, I don't know, you know what I mean? I don't right. I wasn't alive really then, so I don't really know, but I feel like it, it would be a lot harder. Plus there's so many more people now and there's so many more genres of music, it's like I don't know. There's all. I, I feel like we're living in an awesome time right now to be to be doing what I'm doing. I feel lucky. So, and uh, especially with uh, you know having seen some of your shows and your musicianship and the musicianship of your band and stuff like that too, it's a different experience uh, to see it live than it would be to just listen on an album. Like the oh, album's yeah. nice to have when you're not at a show and you're you know driving in your car to work and things like that. But there's nothing that really can replace the, the the live feeling of seeing people play instruments and stuff like that, which I think, uh, back to what we were saying before, it's kind of a handicap for rap and hip-hop, where, where it's mostly they're playing a beat, and uh, you know the person is, is, is with a microphone, and that's it. I feel like know? a big difference As in, opposed in to that. to a whole band. The in, like that industry, it's more of like a community yes. thing. Mm. You know, and you don't necessarily see that at a hip-hop show or at a punk show. There, and like Some like the all-ages kind of punk shows, like the local punk shows, you see that community thing, but not on right. such a large scale as you see it mm-hmm. um, in that industry. Right, exactly. And you're going to hear the song not play the exact same way as it is on the, on the record. Yeah. Yeah, like you're I think that's, I think it's, you're absolutely right, Brittany, too, when you said about, uh, it's like a family now, you know, once again, trickling down from like that Grateful Dead vibe. I mean, we see it here locally with mm-hmm. um, Cabinet. Look at those guys. They yeah. have the, um, what is that hashtag that I saw recently? The Cab fam. fam. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like th- those people, they just love it. And, and I yeah. know a lot of them, they're great people. And they, they go not only to hear the band, but to see each other. It's like right. a meeting well, yeah, spot. They built so many relationships yeah. based on this one common in- interest, you know, and they've made lifelong friends from it, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, it's a different thing. It's neat. We actually have uh, a bunch of good questions in here. So, uh... oh boy, I'm I'm scared to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's see, uh, Ragu, who we uh, Ragu. we all know, Mr. Uh, Mountain Sky himself. I miss you, Ragu. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, he he brings up an interesting thing. Uh, the uh, the new song you just wrote with uh, Brett Alexander and, and uh, uh, a whole a whole group. Uh, that video just went up uh, the other day, which uh, you know we'll we'll post that on any PA scene as well. So if you haven't seen it yet, um, 
tell us where that whole thing came from, how that, that, that came about. Uh, I, I think it would be interesting to a lot of people who know uh, a lot of the uh, local musicians around here. That's a great question. I'm glad. Ragu, thanks for asking that question. That's cool. Uh, I, I wanted to wanted to talk a little bit about that. It, it all came together in about five days from the song being written to us finishing recording. But basically, you know, obviously we all look at social media. We're all involved in that. And as a musician, that's something that I do and maybe more than I should sometimes. But <laughs> yeah. I was recently scrolling through some news feeds and you know, and I definitely don't want to get into this world either, but, you know, I'm reading the political posts and, and I'm seeing people that I'm actually friends with arguing and one's posting this thing, the other one's posting this thing. And, and I sort of took a step back from it and just, you know, just sort of took it in and was like, oh man, I don't even, you know, I don't, I don't really weigh in on any of that stuff. You know, maybe, maybe 20 years from now I will or whatever. And obviously I have my own opinions or whatever, but, uh, so a couple minutes later, I don't know, I just had gotten home from the gym or something and I was taking a shower and I don't know why I get really good ideas in the shower. <laughs> I do. I just get great. And I was yeah. like, just start hearing the hook to that song and getting the lyrics in my head. So I got out, got dried off or whatever, and uh, <laughs> went and sat at the kitchen table and just wrote that song, pretty much the whole 90% of it in about 10 minutes, maybe. Mm. And um, the next day, I think I was playing with Chris Carney. And we were, I was like, oh, I wrote this really cool tune, man. I got this really neat idea. Like, And on the way to the gig, I was thinking about... It'd be cool to like record this tune with Chris, and then and it's funny because he didn't end up, he couldn't make it to the, he was the one guy that couldn't make it. I feel so bad, Chris. I'm sorry. I wish you were there, man. Um, but uh, so we, he was like, "That's a great idea. We should record it with a bunch of us," you know. And so I, I, what I did was I recorded it on my cell phone, and then texted it to everybody and just said, "Hey, I know Christmas is coming." So like, you know, Mazer lives Everyone's in Vermont home. or whatever, but yeah. everybody was going to be home. Yeah. So I said, hey, are you guys around? Like next, whatever it was, Thursday morning, I contacted Joe Van Wee. And it's one of those things where it was so easy. Mm. Like I, I wasn't really even willing at that point to exert like a, um, a lot of energy making this whole thing happen. I'm like, I'm going to send a group text out. And if everybody's in, I'm in. And it was so easy. We were so like, okay. List. That's when like, the best things happen yeah. when you're not trying so hard to kind of like make it happen. When it's just like yeah. organic and awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny too because Joe Van Wee, who's a friend of mine I've known for a while, is, does great work with video stuff. Uh, he's like, you guys just come over in my living room and just sit down. I was like, all right. Like, we didn't have to worry about a location. We didn't, right. you know, he's like, I'll just shoot, you know, set up a camera or two. We'll shoot it and... And the whole thing was said and done in about two hours. We did a couple <laughs> takes of it, and it's neat too. That take you hear is just one. It's just one unedited take. It's just we just sat, we played it, and that was it. <laughs> and then they did a different shot of you know of us filmed it from a couple different ways. But the audio that you hear is just one straight take. So, and yeah, as as far as the to answer the question uh, too, that song is just sort of like, you know what, like. I just feel like we could use a little more of that spirit and the, the the message of that song right now. You know, I was just trying to, yeah. in my own little way, just like push, like see what I can contribute to life. See, like see what kind of like yeah. maybe I could just send a little happiness out there. I'm I'm not a perfect person by any means, and you know I could have a bad day just like anyone else. But I sort of sent it out there just to say I'm just gonna spread just a little positive. Bounce that back yeah. right to the universe. Exactly. So yeah, I hope that answered the question, Rago. <laughs> well, um, you know that 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 brings up uh, the songwriting on this album. What what inspired the uh, the songs on uh, this upcoming record that you have coming out? It's another great question. Um, yeah, this album. What, what is <laughs> uh, 
Oh, my concentration. <laughs> so sorry. Oh, no, no. Um, I wanted to get on the comment section too. Oh, was that like us live that you just heard? Yeah. 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 Some somebody think, yeah. somebody does that like every time. Every, every show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I good. always want to bring it up like you have it, and then whenever it's always a big interruption. It's terrible. <laughs> he learned to use the mute button. <laughs> but it's every <Yeah>. time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, an, an interesting point about this album, right, is is when you're... I'm a songwriter. That's what I do. Primarily, I, I try to write songs. I, I, I don't try. I can't help but to write music. I have to do it. It's like something that I just have to do. And uh, I wrote all the tunes, um, most of them. It's been well over a year now since I wrote them. So an interesting thing for me is I don't... The album and the songs that are on that album is kind of who I was a year and a half ago. So it's mm. interesting now. It takes this long for it to come to fruition, and now I'm already working on all these other songs. And right. I'm sure a year and a half from now I'll be having the same conversation, saying all these songs are who I was at this point in my life. But uh, yeah, it, it, that's a it's a long-winded question, I guess. I'll try to, you know, very long story short is about a year and a half ago, two summers ago. It was the end of the summer. It was like August. And I needed to take a break from life on many different uh, wavelengths. And I went sort of, uh, just moved away from New Jersey, moved back here temporarily. Um, let's call it a spiritual retreat. Went on a, a bit of a spiritual retreat. And while I was there, some really interesting things happened. Is, is um, I sort of had, I guess, like another... It's kind of like you think of your life as like an onion, right? And like you're sort of like peeling off these layers to sort of get down to the core of like who you are as a human. Mm. And during that time, I, I really had like like a big layer was peeled off, you know? And I really had this sort of awakening of like, what am I doing? What do I want to do with my life? You know, I, was, I was really analyzing the past a lot and, and some of the decisions I made. And uh, while I was doing all that, I ended up writing like all those, there was about 15 songs that I wrote in the course of like, maybe a month or two, it all just kind of came out, you know? And while I was there, um, this really great guy's name was Andy Pace. Um, he used to play drums for CNC Music Factory. Oh, you know, yeah. um, everybody did. I don't know if that's a real drummer on the thing, but on the recording, but he played with them live. And uh, a bunch of other cool people he played with. And he was like, I, got, I know this guy that owns the studio, and you should just go there once a week and record with this guy. So I would go to the studio once a week, and, and then it just started happening, you know? Long-winded answer. It, it, it's a lot more than that, but anyway. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what we're here for. That's why it's an hour long. So yeah, right, right. Tell us those, those kinds of stories. So, uh, so is that where the title then comes from, the title of the album? That's a great, you're asking awesome, great question. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad I wanted to clear those up, too, because, yeah, you know, a year ago today, I mean, it makes sense, whereas, like, you know, a year from when I, you know, releasing the album, my life was a lot different mm. or from when we got done recording it. But no, the reason it's called A Year Ago Today is because my buddy, um, huge shout out to my friend uh, Stitch. He, he runs Logic Pause Sound Lab. That's where I recorded the album up in Holly. Mm. He did an amazing job. He bought a church recently and he's turning it into a studio and it's going to be unbelievable. And we were recording the video that you shared today, um, which yes. is kind of like the first song off the album that we put out into the world. Mm -hmm. And while we were there, there's still all this clutter around from when the church was there. 
Um, and the, there was a sign it said offering a year ago today and it must have had something to do with the collection baskets yeah. you know and um, while it was there I stepped on it as I was like walking to set up or whatever and there was this really cool footprint on it and it was just the coolest sign I wanted the sign to be the cover of the album it said offering a year ago today it just had this footprint I don't know for some reason it looked like a piece of art to me and when we were recording that video you can hear me say in the, I think they edited it out, but in the take that we kept, it was like, a year ago today, that would be a pretty neat album title. And then the guy who's putting out the album, Glenn from Banff Records, was there behind the camera. He goes, great idea, and you could hear it in the take. So that's kind of where that came from, you know. I think people, knowing me, they think it's this big, happy recovery thing, and it could be if that's what you want it to be, but it was more or less like that little story in itself. So uh, are, are these uh, are these happy songs? Are they sad songs that are on this album? Touches on a lot. A little, it's little definitely bit, a bit of a breakup album. Uh, that's a whole other story in itself. But I think that I had a lot of healing to do, but in a different way than I usually do. Like, um, they're not really like recovery oriented songs or anything like that. Although a lot of people know that I'm you know I'm in recovery and you know sober or whatever and. Uh, um, it's all over the place. Yeah, there's like a breakup song, and then there's like a happy song. And then it's like there's relatable, a... no matter who's listening to. They're more universal than my yeah. old songs. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like this crazy song when I called uh, my buddy Mark, Mark Woody, at amazing fiddle player. Mm -hmm. I had this song called "The Porcupine," and then that turned into this like crazy instrumental track, which wasn't even supposed to end up on the album. So it kind of touches on a lot of different stuff. But uh, there's a tune on there called "Heroes." which is one of my favorites on the album. I'm actually going to play it here in a minute, but um, that I wrote the night that Greg Allman died. Because mm. another thing is the Allman brothers were a huge part of my life growing up. I saw them even before I saw the dead, I think. I saw the Allman brothers a lot. And um, we ended up, after the first Peach Fest, cool enough, like kind of working with some people that were working with them. And um, I got to go to the Beacon Theater and see those guys play and go backstage and hang out in the dressing rooms and and sit on, I mean, we used to, I would sit twice, I got to sit at the, I think I was there the last time they ever played, actually, at the Beacon. Uh, it was either that show or the show before, but basically just sit on the side of the stage, like, right, Greg Allman's Leslie is like, I could, like, set a drink on it or something, you know, it's like, right there, <laughs> yeah. and watch that, you mm -hmm. know, I got to, like, watch that from, like, their perspective, and um, once again, another really cool thing for me, like, a kind of a eye-opening, something I'll always remember, so when Greg Allman passed away, that it meant a lot to me it was it was uh you know it just sort of i got home that night and i was like man greg allman died you know that's like he was a, that was a huge part of my life the allman brothers so i sat down and started writing this tune as sort of an ode to to him but now it's turned into this universal song where it's like um, I'm rambling, I'm sorry. No, but, not at all. But, uh, you know, then we lost Tom Petty, you know? And right. then I, I love Glenn Campbell, and we lost him. And then, like, mm -hmm. so now I, I, when I listen to this song or when I play it, I'm just thinking about Merle Haggard and Tom Petty and Glenn, <laughs> all these awesome people. It's like my ode to, to the people who went, you know, my heroes, man, people who went before us. So. And that's, the, you know, the thing, too, like you said, it becomes more universal, too. Like, when people listen to it, they might not get that. They might not, you know, understand that's a tribute right. to somebody or something like that. It's it's going to become their own thing, which I think it speaks to the music in itself, you know, and, and the quality of it that you can put something out there 
and have people take it different ways and, and have it mean something to them and stuff like that. Have you ever had any interactions with people coming up to you and saying, oh, that song means a lot to me or something like that? Yeah, it's funny that you say that. Um, one of the first times I played it was at, actually wore this shirt purposely at Cornstock. So my buddy Anthony runs, which is another uh, Northeast PA staple now. Really cool Super festival. Yeah, yeah, really cool festival. Love it. Um, really had a great time this past year. I think I played every day. But um, I played that song Heroes, one of the first times I played it, mm -hmm. was there. And the next day, someone wrote a thing on my Facebook page. Uh, it, was, it was a comment where... They're like, you're some, it was really nice. It was like, your set was great yesterday. And something about, I, I saw grown men weeping or something. It was really heavy. And I was like, wow, that song must have really touched someone, you know? So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's a pretty neat thing. That's trippy. Yeah. Do you, do you want, uh, let's see, let, let's, uh, let's ask another question uh, from, uh, from our audience here. Uh, are there any plans of touring outside uh, Northeast PA? Because you do have a lot of uh, stuff around here. Um, uh, this is from uh, Corey Warneck. He said, uh, California bound, maybe, you know, please. Uh, yeah, n another great question. Actually, that's something else I wanted to kind of clarify, too, is, you know, we're calling it a winter tour. Um, it's really more like a, a few little runs combined mm -hmm. together. Um, right now, where I'm at with touring is... Uh, I've been playing a lot locally, and I get a lot of love from this area, and I love playing this area. Um, we are starting to branch out. That's one of the goals that we're working on in 2018. There's, there's a lot more, you know, the, the circle's starting to get wider again, yeah, yeah. which is pretty cool. And um, I, I believe it or not, do have some something in, in the works to get out to California by the spring. I hope that it. happens. Um, it's sort of in the early stages right now, but there's there's been a few little... New little thing, you know, a couple little things going on with that. But um, everybody always always asks about Colorado too, and I really hope mm. to get out there to play soon. Right now, um, I just put a great band together. It's such a good band, and uh, we got it. It's kind of got to be logical, you know what I mean? For us right now, sure, doesn't make the most sense just to like up and you know <laughs> go to Colorado and and California. We're so, we got it sort of focus on really northeast or um it's really more like pennsylvania new york and new jersey right now i got a lot of love from those states and we're sort of going to put this album out play a bunch of shows in the region see mm -hmm. what comes of it and and take it from there but yeah i mean obviously man i i would love i'd love i'd leave tomorrow to to go to, i want to go to seattle i want to go everywhere you know so yeah. hopefully we'll get there hopefully we'll get there i'm sure yeah and the thing the last thing i'll say about that too is i've been really lucky to travel with a lot of different bands and uh, see a lot of the country and do some really cool stuff. But the thing that's different this time is, you know, like recently I was actually offered to do a, a really neat thing with a Grateful Dead band, another band that's really well known. I'm not going to elaborate much, but um, it was hard for me to turn it down and be like, oh, I can't do it, you know, but... I'm really going full steam ahead with my own music right now, you know, it's just kind of what moves me, and so that's going to be the goal, is to really, you know, if we could get out to California just playing, you know, original stuff as a, you know, band from this area, that would that would be a great accomplishment, so hopefully down the road I'll be able to get out there, you know, doing original music, you know, so. So, in other words, support local music, and uh, and it will, it will have the chance to grow and to get to other states, so, uh, you know. Go see the original stuff. You know, uh, there are a lot of great tribute acts and a lot of good stuff going on too. 
don't ignore that. But uh, you know, there's a lot of original musicians trying to get out there as well. So yeah, for sure. Um, on that note, uh, Michael Baker says, uh, "Do you ever think about leaving Northeast PA and maybe trying a, a bigger place or going to Nashville or something like that?" That seems uh, uh, some local musicians have gone out to. Uh, to Texas and all kinds of places recently. Would you consider moving out to one of those types of places? Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is, like, Northeast PA is a great place to live, to do what I do. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, not to put it out there, but it's not really that expensive to live around here. Right. And it's close to a lot of major cities. And, you know, I just had, was I was living eight miles from the uh, the Holland Tunnel for the last two and a half years before I moved back. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it was right there and wasn't the best time in my life. But I will say that um, for me right now, I actually, for the first time in a very long time, I have my own house, mm. however humble it may be. So I could like have band rehearsals in my basement, yeah. record tunes there, um, live by myself with a big backyard, mm. get in my car the next morning and be in Brooklyn, you know, two hours and change, be in Philly, Baltimore, you know, the list just goes on and, and it's, it's hard for me right now to want to leave that because also I have so much, so much support around here. I feel like it's like I can build on that, you know? Um, Austin is an awesome city. Nashville, too. My God, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough question. This is just where it's at right now. It's just, it, yeah. exactly. I'm doing, like, what's right in front of me. What am I doing today, you know? Sure. Tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll do tomorrow. And a year from now, you might be having this conversation with me and I might not even live here anymore. I have no idea. Sure. So, uh. Uh, the um, uh, Greg Price uh, to, to keep that uh, going. He said, do you have any plans to play uh, Downtown Arts again? I love that place. That is a cool, cool venue. I just love that place. I don't know. Um, yeah, I want to keep that Thanksgiving tradition going. Mm. I really do. Yeah, that that place is awesome. So yeah, I'm always, always looking for an excuse to play there. I, I love that place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when, when and where will uh, to get back to the new album? When and where will the uh, new album be available? Um, where, where can, uh, where can people get that? Awesome. Yeah, so we're doing the official release show is Janu Friday, January 26th at the Jazz Cafe. Mm -hmm. That will be the first show that we're going to have, you know, full merch table with the new albums going to be available to buy as a physical copy at that show. And then all the shows thereafter, obviously, it'll be, you know, it'll be available at. But uh, it's not going to actually be released like to you know, Spotify or the the world until Valentine's Day. Okay. They, we said February, and I just figured Valentine's Day is right in the middle of the month. Yeah. And it's Valentine's Day, so I'm just going to put it out on Valentine's Day. So, yeah, if you, if you don't live in this area or you're not going to be able to make it to a show, unfortunately, you won't be able to get it till till Valentine's <laughs> Day. But but on that day, yeah, we're going to put it out to the world. So, so uh, Robin Perta, so you can, you can pick it up at the show or, uh, you know, it can be your, your Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> cool. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, to, to get back to, uh, mention the Grateful Dead, so you're working with one of their uh, historians and uh, publicists. Uh, could, you, could you talk a little bit about that and, and how that ended up happening? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, Dennis, wow, what an amazing thing that happened with that. Uh, years ago when I put out East Hope Avenue, um, I had a guy that, that did a local uh, dead show in uh, the Catskills in upstate New York. Mm. 
and he liked what we were doing, and he let me out, you know, come play on his show. Dan, thank you, you're an awesome guy. And um, when we were about to release the album, I think he had we gave him a copy before it was released. And I don't know how it came about, but he's like, I should send this to Dennis McNally and see what he thinks about it. And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, send him a copy, thinking that, uh, you know, we wouldn't hear anything or whatever. And Dennis, like, got right back to us and was like, I love this album and I'd love to work with these guys. And, and we were blown away. So he did uh, the first, you know, my first record, he did the, the PR campaign for that. And um, we've worked together ever since. It's been really neat. Um, I've kept touch with them. I was supposed to go out to San Francisco to meet with them a few years ago, and I can't remember why I didn't. I can't imagine now what a, what kind of excuse, you know, like why didn't I just go? But yeah. I'm sure we'll get to meet, uh, you know, here if I obviously if I'm going to California in a few months here, we'll work that out. But uh, so I called them up a few months ago. I was like, got a new album. I really want you to hear it. Sent him a couple tracks. He loved it, and um, I think tomorrow I'm actually going to release the press release. Um, I just feel really lucky because Dennis is a, he's a great publicist. He has a lot of a lot of connections with some great radio stations and some great you know media outlets. Uh, obviously, I mean you know to, he worked for the Grateful Dead for all those years. But um, it was just such a neat thing when I can't imagine how many people approach him or how many CDs he's gotten in his life. Mm. He really hasn't worked with a lot of people. I know he just got done doing uh, Steve Kimmock's last release, which is really cool, but. It's a really short list of people he's worked with, and I'm I'm just like floored that you know to be added on that list and to have him. He wrote our press release uh, this this coming this past week, and uh, I just read it for the first time I think uh, the day before yesterday or something, and and it's crazy still to be like reading this thing like you know reading a press release about what he likes about the tunes, and uh, I think I'm gonna kind of put that out in the world tomorrow so people get to read what he said about it and. It's exciting. So yeah, Dennis, uh, I'm sure you're not listening, but <laughs> thank you. It's it's a really really cool thing to work with him, and he's a really um, last thing I'll say about Dennis. He's a really knowledgeable, intelligent guy. Obviously, to be a music historian, so every time I talk to him, there's some other like gem of wisdom that gets passed down or says some really cool things that you know make you sort of stop. And later on that night, I'll be reflecting, and be like, wow, that was heavy. Like what he said, you know, that was. I'm gonna use that in life. Yeah, yeah. so it's cool. Yeah. yeah, he's probably got a lot of a million road stories and, and things like that to uh, yeah to, sh to share. I'm sure you might you probably have a few. Is there anything that uh, that sticks out to you as a particularly good story, uh, good or bad, in terms of you know being an independent musician and, and getting out there and playing shows? I'm sure you've had some some good and bad experiences out on the road and playing shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Memorable that sticks out? I'll go right off the top of my head. So mm -hmm. since we're talking about California, one of the coolest things that happened to me years ago is the first band I ever went on the road with, right? My first gig, like this is going from being just this local guy in Northeast PA. They called me. I, it was a band I opened for at the Jazz Cafe, actually. They, they were these guys called Gongzilla. They were in this band called Gong, which is a really, if you never heard of Gong and you're into like fusion or like progressive rock, or even like the modern sort of uh, whatever you would call like that the disco biscuit sort of sound. Yeah. Just listen to Gong. My God, what they, what these guys were doing in the seventies was I didn't even know people made music like that. <laughs> There's this album called Expresso and Expresso Two, killer records. Anyway, open for these guys. They call me the next day. They're like, Hey, we loved your playing last night. Do you want to join the band? And come on the road with us. And I was like, 
Sure, okay, <laughs> great. Your first gig is at the Troubadour in L.A. Um, Don Preston from Frank Zappa and the Mothers is sitting in. Yeah. Jeff Pivar, who's um, David Crosby's guitar player, is sitting in. The guys from Umphreys McGee are sitting in. The guys from Moe are sitting in. Oh I was just like, are you serious? Like, is this So anyway, my first road experience was getting on a plane, flying to L.A. for the NAMM show, and playing this insane, like, all-star jam... Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I had to play the first guitar solo in the first song. So I was, like, shaking <laughs> I mean, in my shoes. And then I had to pass it to Jeff Pivar, who's, like, one of the best guitar players in the world. It was crazy. He just played this slide solo that was, like, gave me the chills. So anyway, that was obviously a um, cool road story there, or whatever you would want to call that. But another good road story, real quick, is, like... Uh, I, I listened to Mazer's podcast. He's a great friend of mine. We played together for years. He did a great job a few weeks ago when he was on. Yeah. And he talked about me, Mazer, um, Dane, Matt Gabriel, another really good friend of mine, bass player for The Electric Gentleman, Dustin Douglas. Mm -hmm. um, we bought this freaking school bus. I don't, it was a short bus. I don't know why we bought it. <laughs> me and Dane picked it out. Looking back, I don't know what was going through our minds. Why we didn't buy like a newer more reliable model. We bought this insane-looking short bus. Dane built bunk beds in it out of wood. The thing was like a death machine. If we ever got in an accident, we were like sleeping up on top of these wooden planks. And uh, the one summer, we just hit the road. And Mazer was talking about it, But it was one of the best summers of my life. Um, I think we had Josh Karras, uh, who's obviously now drums for Cabinet or whatever, um, another great friend of mine. Um, he did, I think, half the run, and I want to say Matt Kester did another half of the run or something like that. But um, it was just insane, driving around in the school bus. We would show up to a festival and, like, park it next to the stage. And all these people would be coming on and off, and it it was just a great summer, you know? It was one of those summers where, like, you're, you're getting hotel, you know, like, obviously we weren't rich, you know, at the time. So you get, like, we had a tour manager, this guy BC, and sometimes Keith Litzenberg would come in the bus with us, and we'd, like get like one or two hotel rooms a lot of times it would be one hotel room so we'd be like I'd be like sleeping in the bed with like mazer like waking <laughs> up like drooling like oh like but it was fun you know what i mean like it, it, it was it was a really memorable uh memorable experience yeah well that that actually answers uh matthew Frian's question he had, he had asked about that very thing about uh justin mazer and uh uh the, uh, the Dane Gabriel, so that's... Oh, uh, yeah, two of my favorite dudes right there. <laughs> I mean, I could just go on for hours. I don't know how we're looking on time. I feel like a motor mouth over here, but, uh, but yeah, those guys. And then, yeah, to one one more story um, <laughs> to with both of those guys. One time we showed up... So when you're on the road and you're, like, playing, like, some... It's, it's bizarre. You know, one night you're playing a festival or something, and it's awesome, and people are genuinely involved. The one time we played this place... I'm not going to say where it was. I don't even know if the place still exists, but it was in Charlottesville, Virginia. We showed up with the bus, the whole thing, and we played a sushi restaurant about a third the size of this room right here. And it was the, the worst gig I've ever played in my life. We showed up, and the owner's like, yeah, you guys got to go get the PA in the basement. Like, go grab that. And we're, you know, we're used to at least there's a sound guy at the gig, or, you know, you get there, there's sure. a PA or something. We're like, okay, we're going to... So we're down in this dungeon basement. We had to move the PA up. You're set up, like, this far. The bar is right here. Like, we're, like, in people's way just by being there. Yeah. And it was just bizarre. Like, there, there's a lot of stories like that where people back home 
think that you're living this like extravagant, <laughs> this, this, this glory, you know. You're in like play. a big tour van. Yeah, and if they could have only saw like just like a little screenshot of what that day was like for us, it was, it was depressing. So yeah, that's that's the whole other side of it. <laughs> yeah. But. And it's one of those things where you, you really don't know until you get there a lot of times, you know? Like how would you know that it was going to be like that until you arrive, exactly. you know? <laughs> yeah, no idea. I mean, that's a little bit on the booking agent's fault, you know. Um, sure. But you know, you'll have your good and bad with anything. So. Uh, <laughs> Five minutes to eight. Did you? Uh, do you want to jump oh, in with uh, anything before we uh, we we wrap up and uh, Miz will play another song for us? I'm just excited. All these great things are happening for you. You know, I feel like you really put your heart and soul into what you do, and it's really awesome to see so many people be so receptive and supportive. You know, especially like just locally. We were talking about Justin and all the great people, great musicians around here. It's like yeah, it's, it's before, a really like, good such time. a good community of people. So I'm just really happy for you. Thank you. It, yeah. it really is. We have a great community here. If anyone didn't see that video we put out the other day, you know, I just called all those guys. Those musicians all live around here, yeah. and we all got together. And um, people around here are so cool. I mean, just this morning I woke up. Someone made a Ms. Fan Facebook page of some sort, and all these people are jumping in, and <laughs> they're writing these. Someone wrote a story today. I was almost in tears reading it. Um, <laughs> I just feel really lucky to be doing what I'm doing, to be uh, have a clear mind, be healthy, and uh, sort of just um, just sort of living my dream at the moment. So yeah. Yeah, everyone's rooting for you. Yeah, thank you. It's yeah, really cool. I mean, you know, not, not you, you brought it up not to get you know too much into it, uh, but uh, you know, you, you mentioned you're in recovery. A, a few months ago, we had uh, uh, a documentary filmmaker on who talked about uh, the opioid epidemic in the area and all that kind of stuff going on. Um, how, how you know what what advice would you give to anybody who's going through that kind of stuff right now? Who's who's trying to uh, get get through that or you know uh, have a, has a family member that's dealing with that kind of stuff yeah I mean that's a great question and, and that's it's tough to answer but uh, I've been down those roads many times I mean my god uh, you know I've been through many treatment centers was a slave to the methadone clinic for a long time although that did it, it can do good things uh, you know in, in the right uh, in the right way or whatever but anyway um, the only basic thing I could say is that there's always hope. You know, there's been times in my life where it really felt like no one cared and that, you know, I might as well just end my life. Like, it, it got to that point a few times in my life and it, where that seemed like a pretty good idea. But there's always hope. There's always someone out there that's willing to help. They might not be sitting in front of you or you might ha not have their number in your phone, but they're out there. There's really good people out here. And, uh, the opioid epidemic is exactly you know what, what you just said. It's an epidemic right now, and um, I just hope that there's enough awareness that gets spread around here where, where people could really start to get to sort of the root of it. I think a lot of people want to blame drug dealers, or um, you know, it, it's a lot deeper than that. There's got to be a reason why we're taking you know why are people doing opiates? Why you know? Um, I did a lot of work in here, and I think that's where it starts. You know, it's easy for me to look out here and blame other people, mm -hmm. but for me personally, I had to get down to what's going on inside here and, and, and deal with that and, and, and heal. So I just hope people don't lose hope. And, uh, yeah, I'm speaking at a thing in Scranton in April, and there'll be more on that getting released soon. So, um, yeah, just follow me on online or 
you know, I don't post too much stuff about that, but uh, I definitely like to make it known that, you know, I'm, I'm sort of on that path now, and uh, I plan to stay on it, so. Awesome. I think well, it's good for people congrats. to see that there is another side to their life that they might not know about just yet. Mm. Yeah. You know? I really feel like, uh, I know we're getting towards the eight here, I just really feel like that we're, we're, as humanity, we're, we're turning a page, we're, we're going, we're, something's happening where people are waking up and then they're realizing um, on so many different levels. They're just sort of, just like I said before, the, like the, the, the onion, we're, we're peeling off these layers and we're really realizing like, hey, why are we here? Who am I? What am I here for? You know, um, these really interesting things that are, that are sort of coming out for me and I'm watching other, it happen to other people. They're sort of waking up and being like, you know, the last thing I'll say is this, my new thing in life, right? Is, and I find myself asking myself this question daily, and I love it, is that, and I learn from my past mistakes, I try to, sometimes I have to make the same mistake 10 times, but I, I say, any decision in life, I say, is this gonna matter when I'm on my deathbed, right? Because we're, we're, none of us are making it out of this, we're all gonna die, right? So when I'm on my deathbed, am I, whatever I'm going through, whatever's stressing me out, or if there's a big decision, I, I think to myself, is this gonna matter? Am I gonna be glad I did this when I'm laying on my deathbed? You know what I mean? Or if I'm really upset about something, is it gonna matter? You know, like those heavy decisions that you have to make in life. I, I always try to look at that scenario of like, no, you know, we're all gonna die. So am I gonna be glad I did this someday? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or, or maybe am I doing this for improper reasons? Like some, like in the past, you know. People, I find myself doing certain things just to like get ahead, you know, or to right. make more money or to be more popular. And those things don't really matter. You know what I mean? You're not going to be glad that you cut corners, screwed people over, um, stressed yourself out in order to make a buck. You're not going to be happy you did those things when your life's over, you know? Right. So I ranted again. That's, <laughs> That's it. That's a good philosophy to adopt. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm sure a lot of that came out through the music in some form or another, even if in an abstract way. Yeah. Absolutely, did. And the song you're gonna play? Oh yeah, I'm gonna do that. The song it's called Heroes. Like I said, it's sort of my my ode to uh, all the amazing fallen fallen artists we've lost recently. So. Go with the wind upon your back. Don't ever worry. Just keep wandering that way Brief is our time upon this earth Don't underestimate the gift you have each day And don't ever change, just be yourself And don't burn your dreams for someone else Cry if you want to cry And sing if you want to sing And love if you want to love You're all you got And that's good enough Now it's time you shine like all you can I will go on now that my heroes are gone Now silence fills my windowsills My bedroom floors and dresser drawers Don't seem the same 
search the dawn in all its glory for some meaning, but all I hear back is your name. They skipped a heartbeat on the street, and the world stopped shuffling their feet. So cry if you want to cry. Sing if you want to sing And love if you want to love You're all you got That's good enough Now it's time you shine like all you can I will go on Now that my heroes are gone that our heroes are gone. 